I'm Gary Shotton. I'm here as a part of Inspiring Better Business. We're going to talk today about casting nets, and it refers to a Bible uh, lesson, a reality, it's not a parable, of Jesus when he was uh, teaching on the side of a lake, and it seems that uh, he was there teaching, and the people there were uh, gathered uh, for various reasons. You could imagine a fairly large crowd, but it appears that they were not all that interested. They were receptive to what Jesus had to say, but then something happened. Uh, the the uh, fishermen, that was part of the disciples, were fishermen, and they had been fishing all day. I'm sorry, all night, because they normally fish in the nighttime, so the, apparently the fish do, do not see the net. They're not fishing with a rod and reel. They're fishing with nets. They cast the net out, and it seems that uh, in the nighttime, uh, uh, fish do have good eyes, and they would shy away from being caught in the net. So they had come in uh, in the morning, and, and they had no uh, real catch. They had worked all night, and then Jesus told them to go back in to, and cast their net, and they came back with an amazing, an abundance. I think that's in Luke chapter 5, verse 1 through 9 is this story. You can go read it. And so the point here is in casting the net and seeing the miracle that God has performed, it really solidified a lot of God's authority. You see, God's a spirit man, but when Jesus was here on the earth, he was in the physical, and so in many ways he was just the, the son of Mary. He was just a carpenter. We see that in the New Testament. He was not, they were not overly impressed with him as an individual, although I'm sure they were impressed with him, but he was just one of the, one of the family. They didn't see him with the authority he had. But when he started performing miracles. Another great one I'm going to teach on a separate one is the very first miracle when uh, in, in uh, John chapter 2 uh, where uh, there was a wedding and the bride, bride, bride uh, the wedding reception was running short on wine and Jesus was instructed, instructed the disciples or the workers there to fill some pots full of water and the water was turned to wine. It's a great story and there again it says very clearly at one of those verses there, the disciples even themselves started to believe. So let's not shy away from miracles. Let's don't seek miracles, but let's be willing and ready and able to be trusted with the miracle. And there are certain things I'll be teaching on on other lessons about this, but this is related to this story of casting the nets. And it says there uh, in, in uh, chapter uh, uh, five, uh, Luke chapter 5, verse 9, for he and all who were with him, that would be Jesus and all who were with him, were astonished at the catch of the fish which they had taken. That wouldn't have been Jesus. That would have been one of the disciples. Was astonished because Jesus wasn't being astonished. He would have been uh, the one performing the miracle. And so they were astonished. And up until then, they were not all that impressed, I don't think, with Jesus' teaching as he continued to perform miracles and now, there's certain things we've got to be careful if we're going to get into this realm of really believing uh, for what we call the supernatural. Now, these are not always so, so spectacular that, that everyone's going to uh, uh, read about them in the newspaper about something unbelievable uh, that can happen. But in my life, it was things that were uh, in the course of my business uh, uh, 
processes that I had something supernatural happen. And I'm going to document a bunch of those going forward here. But here's some points that I might recommend. When something happens like that, don't brag and elevate yourself in pride. You are just an instrument. The, the miracle was for other peoples to be drawn, and maybe for you, to believe that God is with you. He will provide. He will help you. He will, he will be there if we'll be willing and able to receive uh, that and be responsible for what he does. Number two, don't try, don't try to become the source of money for others, but use the miracle to teach others how to trust God. So, you know, there's a risk when uh, financial uh, happening or even uh, a sale on some land or some business, you'll find some what we call fair-weather friends start coming your way. Either you hadn't heard from them, but now that they hear you have some money, they're coming your way. Well, let's, let's not be anybody's source. We can use our money wisely, and that's one of the conditions of being responsible with money, I believe, that God looks at. And it says God wants you to be blessed financially. Don't be so humbly and almost on the edge of, of stupid uh, to say, well, God wants me poor. Where did you find that in the Bible? Where did you find that Jesus was poor? Where did you find that anybody in the Old Testament was poor? Abraham was poor. Where did you find that? God always wants his family, his people blessed. There, the, the, there's just no question that it's hard to find even one time that being poor is, is elevated. And sometimes churches, though, uh, make a, a people, maybe not churches, but people make a point to say, I'm so humble because I'm believing God and I don't have anything. Well, you might want to change your beliefs. God is not, number four, interested in your money. It's not about money. You're the one that's dealing with that. It is just a tool. And it's a strong indicator of your faith, of your heart, though. Now, I'm not saying that the person with the most money is the most godly. That would be uh, unrealistic because there's ways to get money without God involved. And money can destroy because the love of money is the root of all evil. But if you're pressing into God and you're, you're seeing God work in your life and you're, you're handling what you've been entrusted with already, your family, your wife, your spouse, your, 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 your relationships with others, if you're handling those in a godly fashion, God is looking for you and he wants to bless you financially. And he wants your personal needs to be met and then he wants to have an abundance so that you can be used wisely to help others. I happen to have a, two phone calls this morning. It just happens to be here in the, the third weekend in August. I talked with two people, one in, in Nairobi, Kenya, an amazing man of God, is just expanding with 50 or 60 workers. And then my other friend, uh, Hamisi in, uh, in uh, Mbarara, Uganda. I've been to both of these places. I've been with these men, and I talked to them via phone on a regular basis, maybe twice a month. And God just continues to bless them. And I say, here's the example we want. We don't want to have the, the blessing be that a bunch of Americans spent and sent a ton of money to build the church. We want people in those countries to be blessed, the business people to be blessed, the congregation to be blessed. And, and we can use money, but please don't, don't get me wrong, but there is a whole concept of when helping hurts. Be careful with the, the influence you can have with money that could take away from godliness. And so these two men are just, I mean, just knocking it down. God's blessed them. I said, you know, you're a shining light because people know that you did it with the work of your hands. You took action, and you're taking God's word and making it work. 
Well, I hope you understand that uh, this is something that is, is important to me, and I hope you learn something from these lessons. Thanks for being a part of Inspiring Better Business.